Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy Wednesday. This is Fantasy Sports Today as Craig and Joe back with you here on the show talking about a new head coach coming in Carolina. All the latest in fantasy football as well as some Major League Baseball. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY Radio. Craig Mitch, along with Joe Pizzapia, Sean Guastamacchia is producing the show. Today is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. We are closing in on the end of the year. We are closing in on the fantasy football playoffs. We are closing in on the bowl season and the college football national championship. A lot to get to, including those topics today on the show. And uh, Joe, hope you're staying warm there in the Northeast. We're a little chilly here. In South Florida, we had a uh, chilly performance in our Little League game last night, unfortunately. So we're moving on to Saturday in the uh, loser's bracket, but we're winners Aww. here on the show. Today. Yeah, I, I am sorry, but uh, hopefully there was pizza afterwards either way. Right. I mean, you got to get pizza afterwards. Cupcakes. Yeah. Cupcakes. Oh, OK, that's fine. You know what I always hated? I think this is why I didn't like soccer either as a kid it was because like the when you had the snack breaks, everybody tried to give you orange slices and stuff. I don't want orange slices and fruit roll-ups and stuff like that. I want, you know, I want like, you know, a Yoo-Hoo after the game or something like that. That's what I'm looking for. That's what you get in baseball. Baseball players get Yoo-Hoo and cupcakes and pizza and soccer players get fruit roll-up and orange slices. And I can't stand that. I don't like that at all. But I'm sorry that uh, it was a was a blowout loss or was it? Yeah, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. But we'll play again Saturday. I think we're going to get a win and then uh, I'm going to cry because my first game missed will be at the winter meetings. I don't know how I'm going to respond for this one, but a story for another day and things that you guys are not particularly interested in. But anyway, you, that's not true. They care. I don't know. Everybody yeah, loves hard you. They care. Hard no, to they say. care. On Twitter at Joe Pisa PS17 at on Twitter at Craig Mish at FNTSY radio. Make sure you like and subscribe to our show. We'll get sent to your podcast uh, app wherever you are listening every single day. You don't even have to uh, search for us. It just goes right to you. Subscribe to our show. Give us some likes. Tell us you love us. That's the way to go. The Carolina Panthers have decided they no longer love Ron Rivera. I think that this is going to be an interesting story for 2020. I think that some things could change philosophically in Carolina. We know that uh, Ron Rivera, Joe, uh, historically, and, and look, we'll, we'll get to the reality point of view, but the fantasy point of view is historically Ron Rivera, without a doubt, has been a running coach. Um, he has had Christian McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey, who he said at the beginning of the season, wasn't going to see as many touches, has gotten more. In the past, it was all about D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. They had success. Steve Smith had success. Like th- this was a very run-oriented team with like one receiver that you knew, and they always tried to draft an extra receiver that never worked out really until DJ Moore. And so uh, the the fantasy relevance of this, I think, is significant for next year because I'm wondering who they're going to end up bringing in if they just want to change things um, philosophically. But um, I guess a little bit of a surprise to do this before the season ends. But I'm not totally shocked. Uh, all good things must come to an end. Rivera had a very good tenure. Yeah, he did. And and Ron Rivera will have a job, not a coordinator job, but a head coach job, in my opinion, directly after 
the season's over. And I was actually looking through the vacancies potentially. There's not as many vacancies unless we get some shockers like the Dallas Cowboys kind of big one that drops in there. It's kind of the usual suspects. It's, you know, the Redskins are looking for a coach. The Browns are looking for a coach. The Bengals could maybe one and done with Taylor. We'll see what happens there. But I think Ron Rivera's done a pretty good job here. The Panthers have been a very relevant team for quite a while. Uh, Ron Rivera is a good football coach, in my opinion. Ron Rivera is a guy that took a team to the Super Bowl. And Ron Rivera was, for a while, managing, I think, one of the most difficult people, let alone quarterbacks, to manage in the NFL and Cam Newton. And he did all those things. And Cam Newton got hurt this year, and the team has not performed well. And, you know, I think it's also one of those situations where he's been there for, what, seven years? Maybe just maybe it was time for a change. And I get that. That that definitely happens sometimes. Sometimes the voice starts to become one that falls on deaf ears. And I understand that. I don't always agree with that. I don't think they're going to upgrade from Ron Rivera as a coach. But what they will do is change some ways and some things that are going on there. Um, already, we've gotten some names floated. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I was just shocked they did it during the season. Because to me, when a coach has had that kind of success for that long, took you to a Super Bowl, made you a relevant franchise. I mean, how relevant has Carolina been before Ron Rivera got there, really? And I just kind of was kind of a crappy way to do it. I mean, maybe it's better for him, like you said to me before the show started, that he gets a head start. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, really, when you look at it, Craig, how many teams out there, and I know Perry Fuel is going to be the interim guy, and Perry Fuel was a defensive coordinator for the Giants, I remember, about uh, almost like eight years ago or so, back in 2000. Actually, that was longer than that. What am I saying? That was like 2010 to 2014. Wow. Uh, Time flies. but I mean, when you're looking at that, do you see a whole lot of teams too that are looking for head coaches this year outside of maybe the <laughs> yes. usual suspects? <laughs> yeah, well, I see, yes. I see, I see five. Because that's a lot, Joe. Not in the NFL. Some years there's eight. <laughs> no, Some, five's a big number, man. That's a well, big look, number. It's Cleveland, we'd agree on that, right? Yeah. Kitchens is done, right? Yeah, clean probably, in the kitchen. Probably, probably. I don't think. I mean, I think Flores has done a pretty good job. I don't think you can get rid of him. The of Redskins already not. fired their coach, so that's two. Well, that's two. Yeah. Dan Quinn's probably three, right? That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're Ron Rivera, which job do you would you have your eyes set on? Would you want the older Falcons team and turn them around defensively, or would you want the ready-made offensive juggernaut potentially of the Browns? I'd rather have the Browns job personally. You know, I don't. I don't know what he's going to do. Too. I. I would. You know, I don't have any inside info on this, but I would guess, Joe. And again, I don't know this for a fact, but I would guess that. Rivera was on board with what just happened. I I'm gonna that guess sense. Was, I was gonna I'm gonna guess he was not blindsided. I'm gonna guess that they went to him and told him, "Hey, look, at the end of the season, this is gonna be it." And he, for a pride standpoint, may have said, "I'm guessing." Joe said, "You know what? Let's just do it now, if that's okay." And they said, "Yes." I'm guessing all of these things. You know um, what? That makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, He's too good of a guy in the community and everything there for them to whack him. He's like great. This. I mean, Jacksonville is another opening, but. That's I don't know. Right. If, yes, you're, you're right. You're right. And you I'd know rather what? go that, in there with the And you know what? Mayfield. That is the one that that of all the ones you mentioned that does seem the most realistic because it's less pressure. Um, it's it's more of a folksy type area, um, and that does make some sense. And and you know for a fact that there's going to be. You've just given us four options. You know, and five is Carolina. You know that there will be another one that we're not thinking of. It happens every year. Dallas. You think Ron Rivera would want to coach Dallas, Joe? I don't think Jerry Jones wants Ron Rivera. I think he wants Lincoln Riley. He's got an obsession with those Oklahoma guys. Barry Switzer. Didn't he go to? No, he went to Arkansas, Jerry Jones, right? Arkansas. That's where him and Jimmy Johnson played ball together, I think. Yeah. yeah. But he seems to have a fascination with the Oklahoma uh, <laughs> coaches. But it seems like Lincoln Riley says next guy. Okay. Well, maybe I mean, so. well, here's the thing. I mean, you can basically, you know, Jerry Jones can basically mold it whatever, however he wants. You know, I mean, yeah, if that's the case, then why wouldn't they make Kellen Moore the head coach? No, um, I don't think that's impossible either. 
I don't think that's an impossibility. I, don't, I just don't think it's going to be a Ron Rivera type. Maybe I don't think they're going to bring know. in a star coach. They're going to bring in a, a, you know, a coach that they can basically, you know, kind of hand the paper to like you said, some of the baseball managers like here, this is what you go do. Now go do it. That kind of thing. That's what it feels like anyway. Yeah, it could be. And, and that's a good point because Jerry Jones has said and continues to say in all of his interviews, I'm the general manager. He, I mean, he, he says I am the general manager of the team. So there's no doubt um, that could happen. And look, I don't think Mike Tomlin's getting fired. Mike Tomlin no could way. leave. But this he could his leave. best job. Hey, but he could leave, Joe. You don't know. I mean, we could. Things happen out of, I mean, look, I know that you don't follow college as closely as as me and some others, and, and that's fine for not understanding that. But Chris Peterson leaving Washington is an absolute shock, and there will be nothing close to what happens in the NFL as to Chris Peterson. Only he's been there for six or seven years mm-hmm. and, and arguably one of the best coaches in all of college to just bail on Washington. Right. The Chargers so, might be one too that ends up popping absolutely, up. Absolutely, could be one. That's another one. So too. I guess I just talk myself into like seven. So there you go. <laughs> and, and again, there'll be one out of. And look, would it shock you that the Jets all of a sudden change course in fire gaze? Like it wouldn't shock no, you that they not just completely all. lied, right? Like oh, we lied. Okay, fine. Oh, he's a it hot happened. mess, especially if the last week's game. I mean, God, what an embarrassment! You lose yeah, to the winless so there, Bengals. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot before it's all said and done. Uh, I agree. Rivera is the kind of guy that will have his choice. But nothing would surprise me with him either. He could say, I want to take a year off and spend time with family, too. So we'll just see how it plays out. But yes, I think the Panthers are in for uh, a new offensive coordinator, a new philosophy, a wake-up call. And I would wonder how that will affect McCaffrey, which we'll talk about at a later date. We'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next is the opening drive here on FST. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. This is the opening drive on December 4th, 2019. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. If you have any fantasy questions, hit us up at Craig Mish at Joe Pizzapia 17. We will move our focus a little bit, by the way, especially after this week from uh, season long fantasy football to a little more DFS, which Joe is more of the expert on for sure. Although I did win a lot of money last week. Go figure that one. Yeah, like you're the expert. I was going to say, we should all be play sitting Brian there Hill. listening to you. Play play again. Don't play <laughs> Brian Hill or <laughs> start him, but make sure he's not playing. No, put him that's in your DFS best. lineup and, and you win a lot of money. That's that's the key to DFS. Uh, but we'll focus on that. And then um, it'll all be at the winter meetings. We'll uh, in December and January move over more toward baseball. But we continue the football conversation. Joe, uh, ESPN reporting yesterday that Mike McCarthy is among the, the people that the Panthers would take a look at. Um, look, I mean, McCarthy, you kind of know what you're getting. you got a guy that's been in the league a long time. He's going to run a tight ship. 
The team's going to probably be 500 or better. He's Whoever he's been with Green Bay, he's been 500 or better, even without Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers being hurt. He's found ways to get quarterbacks right. Uh, how do you feel about McCarthy being a possibility here? I think McCarthy is going to have a job. I was shocked that he didn't have the Jets job, to be honest. I thought that would have been a good fit. Uh, for Sam Darnold, I think he would be the perfect guy. I just, I just feel like that would be the great guy. And I think he got such a raw deal with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers basically threw him under the bus. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers changed 30% of the plays last year at the line of scrimmage. And let me tell you something. All the heat that McCarthy got for the bad play calling, let's not be so quick to heap all of the blame on Mike McCarthy for that because Aaron Rodgers needs to take a lot more of that burden on of how they just basically were terrible last year and won one single road game all year. So I thought he got a raw deal. He's a good football coach. He's not the most warm and fuzzy personality, but who cares? He's a football coach. Neither is Bill Belichick in terms of warm and fuzzy. I don't care about that. I care about, does this guy understand the game and does this guy understand offense? And I think he would be a great guy. If him, and I'll tell you what, you ask what would happen with Christian McCaffrey with certain coaches. I think with Christian McCaffrey and Mike McCarthy, that's a hell of a weapon. Now the question is, who's the quarterback? Yeah. Would it be Kyle Allen? Would he be looking for somebody else? Would he bring in a veteran? Because I feel like the Panthers have some good pieces there. Um, you know, the Panthers have some talent on their roster. The problem is, I feel like the roster just need. you know, I think at a certain point, the schemes and the play calling and some of the other things have kind of gotten into a bad situation. And let's be frank, too. Kyle Allen, you know, has has made a lot of mistakes over the last couple of weeks. He had that giant four pick game against the, uh, the Atlanta Falcons a couple of weeks ago. Then. Last week, he was leading them back down there, and in a spot where it's fourth down, instead of just throwing the ball up in the end zone for somebody and just hoping and wishing, he keeps running backwards, running backwards, and eventually takes a sack. That's bad quarterbacking. That's stuff you need somebody to bring in. If you're going to have Kyle Allen be the guy, teach him a better way of playing the position. That's stuff you cannot have happen, and McCarthy will be a great one. McCarthy should definitely have a job this year if he wanted to. Him and Ron Rivera, such better candidates than a lot of things I've heard out there already. Yep, and uh, the news broke this morning, as a matter of fact, earlier today, that uh, Cam Newton is indeed having foot surgery, which is a wow. crazy deal because he could have done this at the beginning of the season and now doing <laughs> it now would certainly put his um, 2020 at least workouts uh, when they open up those mini camps in March and then in June in jeopardy. We'll have to see what uh, entails with the surgery as we'll find There's out. There's a lesson to be learned there, Craig, which is when a guy is in a walking boot, it's serious. You know, whenever you see somebody, well, he's in a walking boot. Remember, AJ Green was in a walking boot too. Have we seen AJ Green all year? Have we seen Cam Newton all year? If you see somebody in preseason in a walking boot, you better take them off your draft board, basically. I mean, unless you get an enormous discount. That's a lesson to be learned, fantasy owners. All right, second down, Jerry Jones says Jason Garrett will be coaching in the NFL next season. Hey, look, Jerry Jones, good friends with Jason Garrett. So this is coach speak for me, general manager speak for me. I don't believe that for a second. Do you? I don't know. I thought this was some pretty choice language here. Jason Garrett's going to be coaching in the NFL next year. Well, okay, well, where, Jerry? <laughs> That's a hell of a vote of confidence, really. That was like, I remember in England, we'd have these teachers who would give you backhanded compliments. And like, you go do a monologue or you do like a, a Shakespearean soliloquy, and they would go, oh, that's quite good for you. You're like, oh, thanks. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I was like, not good last week? I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that's what it feels like. And I don't know, man. This is another scenario where they've had a long run here. He's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL. What do they have to show for it? Where are all these playoff victories? Where are these Super Bowl runs? And well, Dallas is still a huge, huge fan base, a, a nationwide fan base, huge building, all this important stuff going on. I don't know, Craig. I feel like I look at this and to me, maybe it is time for a change there because they've got a ton of talent on that team and they are struggling. They're struggling with Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott leading the league in passing yards, a, a true number one running back. Man, I mean, that's a lot to give Jason Garrett and they can't win football games. It might be time for a change for them. 
Yeah, probably so. Um, the question is, what happens if the Cowboys win their first round playoff game? You know, I mean, that's. I mean, it, 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 Garrett is setting himself up in the perfect spot. <laughs> I mean, being an underdog at home against a really good team, and then what if they win? Like, what if they win? Then what? Oh man! Like, well, you can't answer why he's walking the line right now. But I'll tell you what: if if the Eagles should make the playoffs and they don't, Garrett's oh, gone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, third down. A lot of rumors percolating around Zach Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies, who appears to be probably for most the third best uh, free agent option right now, Joe. I think that we would probably say Garrett Cole is one, Strasburg is two. And so Wheeler is the third option for some, but smartly for him, according to reports, uh, I believe Ken Rosenthal had this, that $100 million is in the stratosphere here. And there are several teams involved. ESPN reports the Phillies are one of the main teams, which, you know, we talked about this yesterday. This is not a surprise at all. Um, I, I, I think that this tells me, Joe, that Garrett Cole has, has basically said no to the Phillies, and so the Phillies are going all in on uh, on Wheeler, which is the less expensive option to Strasburg, which would give them, if it ended up happening, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and that's a game changer for me because that gives you, you know, a, a number two guy, which they don't have any in their rotation. And, I, and like I said, I think Philly's got to come out of the winner with a pitcher, and I think that this would be a pretty good one. But if not, he certainly could go to someone else. This is not done by any long shot. No, I mean, we're, I know we'll bring up uh, him at now or two because we're going to do some of those more of the second tier free agents. Yesterday, we did the first tier T agents. If you missed the show, you can listen on demand to it. But where we would like them to end up, and I don't know if Philly's where I want Wheeler to end up. And it's not because I'm a Med fan, believe me, it has nothing to do with it. But I don't think he is what they're looking for because Zach Wheeler, although he had a very good season last year, statistically, you look at it, that 3.96 ERA, there's a reason for that. That's because Zach Wheeler is still equal parts good and bad. Zach Wheeler can go out there some nights and he looks like unhittable. And then he goes out there some nights and he gets beat around the ballpark or he beats himself. He is still one of these guys to me at this point in his career. And he's almost 30. He's 29 now Yeah, that he still hasn't figured out how to be consistent. And you're taking a real risk there. Now, there's been some guys that have gotten to that age 30 and really kind of taken off and found their consistency. But Zach Wheeler is one of these kings of he throws hard. But my goodness, sometimes the location is not where you want it to be. And he gets hit around and he, he gives up home runs and he gives up situations where you come out of it. And you go, how can he look so dominant one start and the next start look like that? And I think that's frustrating. And I think that's something to be very careful of because a fan base like Philadelphia will jump all over you in that scenario. Yeah. And um, look, some familiarity on the Mets side, you would think, with Wheeler, too. I don't know how that usually plays out, but um, you know, the Mets will clearly be familiar with him. Uh, good spot offensively, no doubt. Best catcher in baseball throwing to in JT Realmuto, too. But uh, it doesn't look like $100 million is even going to get this thing done. The White Sox also are heavily involved. They've decided to finally reward this fan base for sitting out on the sidelines the last three years, which is a good sign for them. And then uh, fourth down, I saw the Black Widow trailer released. And, and if I'm not mistaken, this is a Marvel series movie, Joe. Is that correct? I, I am so It is indeed. Off. Okay, so I know I want this is my goal when all this stuff is over and you have more time and baseball is starting to filter in and maybe January spring training me. Yeah. January is my time too. I'm telling you it's it's Marvel Universe time. You got to get that Guardians of the Galaxy fired up so you can catch up to me and we can talk about these things. But yes, the Black Widow trailer, which is fantastic because she was a, a huge character in the Marvel series that never of all the characters didn't get her own standalone movie. And I think there was hesitancy originally to do that with this character and then you had Wonder Woman be a huge box office success and absolute smash which was a very entertaining movie obviously that one very good I can watch Gal Gadot for for three and a half hours more than I can watch Joe Pesci and uh, Robert De Niro at this point in my life I can tell you that much but uh Captain Marvel movie also fantastic so the huge success of those movies they finally decided you know what we're gonna go back and we're gonna make a Black Widow movie 
And uh, I'm very excited because this is the kind of next tier of the storytelling because all those other movies tie together. So this one seems to be a bridge between those movies and then this next series of Marvel films coming out with the new Spider-Mans and the new Guardians and all that other stuff. So that's going to be super exciting. My kids are super excited. They saw it this morning. They're freaking out great. Yeah, it looks good, the trailer. I did see it. Um, don't know that I'll see the movie right away, but I will make a commitment at some point to get that thing started. That is for sure. All right, it's, that is the opening it. drive. I, I will start. That is the opening drive for December 4th, 2019. Coming up next, it's time for us to take a look at the Fantasy Football Waiver Wire. Now, again, understand that a lot of you are eliminated. So we are speaking to those of you who are still alive. We're going to continue to do this for the next couple of weeks. There are a couple of interesting names that are out there on the waiver wire this week that you could potentially start, but boy, you got to take a huge risk benching one of your dudes to start any of these guys, honestly, this week. But we'll dive into it next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe, don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? It's hump day. Waiver Wire Wednesday. Want to be the next daily fantasy millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros. DailyRoto.com optimizer and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with the promo code DUNK. That's D-U-N-K. Visit DailyRoto.com slash DUNK to learn more. That's DailyRoto.com slash DUNK. DailyRoto.com is where millionaires are made. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you. Sean Guastamacchia producing this program. And for those people who have moved into the fantasy football playoffs and I am uh, in a 50-50 proposition. I made one, lost out at one. In fact, a lot of controversy in one of the leagues I did not make it where the entire league is up in arms that a couple of the tiebreakers were um, were due to head-to-head as opposed to points and that knocked me out of the playoffs because of a head-to-head matchup. We immediately voted when we learned this yesterday and we changed the rule uh, oh, as a wow. group. Yeah, so for 2020... <clears throat> It's all points now. But unfortunately, that doesn't help me in 2019. My Lamar Jackson draft pick just up in flames. Gone. You know what they should do? You know what they should do for you? As compensation, you should get the number one overall pick next year. Uh, If you you want to suggest that, then. then, uh, I'm suggesting it right now for all Craig's friends that listen to the show. Yeah, we're playing by the way. I think that's a nice compensation. Look, you're out of it. You got screwed. We're going to give you first pick next year. Overall, you're locking at the one spot. I think that's fair. I will ask. I will ask for it and see. Okay, this week on the Fantasy Football Waiver Wire, the um, the scenario that's going to have to play itself out is Dalvin Cook. And I would guess, Joe, that the number one picked up player in all of fantasy, if he's on the waiver wire, will be Alexander Madison. I see some people on social media saying that they're starting Madison even if Cook plays. 
because they believe that there's, you know, some gamesmanship going on here, which I believe too. I believe that there could be something happening. I don't know that I would have the stones to do this though. I would definitely pick him up. I don't know that I could start him. Like to me, at best, he is the flex. Like he's the guy if you have Juju and he's not playing, you throw Madison in. Like I, I don't or Hilton, you know, like, I don't know. Could you start him as an RB2 this week? That's really ballsy. Well, I think there's a lot of scenarios to play out because the first scenario is if you're a Dalvin Cook owner and you have Madison on your team too, that's scenario number one, which is I think you strongly consider playing both of them because even if Cook is good enough to play, how long will he play? Is this a blowout game? Is this a scenario where they go into it and they want to share the workload like they did a couple weeks ago against the Philadelphia Eagles where they split carries and they were both very good, very effective and fantasy worthy. There's a lot of scenarios where... I am hard-pressed to, if you're an owner of both of them, not to just go, okay, let's just go all in on this Vikings run game and see what happens. Then there's the scenario if you just own Dalvin Cook and someone else has Madison already. That's kind of a a bizarre scenario where you have to play Cook and hope for the best. The third and most frustrating one is the one you're alluding to, which is you have Madison but not Cook. What do you do then? Now, you really have to look forward to the rest of your roster, and you have to be honest with yourself. How much volume? What's the trend going you know, is it a Cole Beasley type guy that you have in your flex? Is it somebody with a lot more upside than that? You know, if you have a guy like Latavius Murray who doesn't do anything anymore for the last couple of weeks since Kamara came back, you take your shot with Madison. I think I think you take your shot if the options you have don't have a floor of 10 points because I think Madison could possibly do that even with a healthy cook. To me, that's my approach. I'm curious, do you think that that is a wise approach on those three fronts? Yeah, I think that you make good points. I could not do it. I could not start um, Madison at all with Cook playing. I just couldn't do it. I can't. I can't count on a blowout in the NFL. I never will. Um, so I would sit him. And I have him, but I would sit him. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to play him. Um, Raheem Mostert, another tough scenario here. Raheem Mostert, Joe, should be picked up in every fantasy league. Yes. Can you play Raheem Mostert if Brita is active in this game this week? Can you do it? Uh, if Breed is active, I think it gives you enormous pause. Um, I mean, it, <laughs> yes it really no, does. what I'm looking for. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say no, because if Breed is active, Breed has been that second guy. And I think they let, they've already proven to you that they prefer Breed to Mostert, which is why Breed was over him in the depth chart to begin with. But I think you pick him up anyway, just in the off chance Breed gets closer or there's a setback later in the week, because we've all seen that happen. Guy goes out there in practice. Pulls a hamstring because he's dealing with something with an ankle issue. Like there's all kinds of things that can happen. So I think most of it's more of an insurance policy for the next couple of weeks. You have to think ahead here for weeks, not just 14, but 15 and 16, potentially two. And I think that's the area where you're most concerned with him. So I would pick him up. He's definite ad if he's still out there just to have him as an insurance policy, especially if you are the Brita owner too, because I think that's very important. I would even say crucial there, but I don't think you can feel good about starting him this week. And, and Buffalo is not, you know, the, the easiest. Uh, right now, Mostert no. is ranked 38th this week in Fantasy Pros. That's where he's at. And Madison is ranked 48th right now against Detroit. So, all right. That's, um, that's pretty, that's basically flex territory there for, I mean, that is a late flex for Madison. So they do not have him ranked very high. All right. The last running back, and he's now owned in a lot of leagues because uh, once, you know, Connor was announced out last week, Benny Snell was snatched up pretty much everywhere. I mean, I'm a Snell fan, admittedly. Uh, but I would say this, if Connor's out, does, isn't he the best start amongst these three running backs that we're talking about? Oh, yeah. Well, he's ranked 29th already on Fantasy Pros. He's got a good matchup against Arizona. Now they're on the road, granted. But Jalen Samuels hasn't been very impressive. Now, Connor is supposed to be back this week. Oh, so we'll he? follow okay. that closely. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But once again, these ads are more speculative insurance ads that I think they are crucial and very, very, you know, 
astute of you to not look at it and go, ah, I don't need this guy. Yes, you do. Look at the bottom of your bench and say, are you ever starting that fifth guy on your bench? No. Is there a scenario where you might start Mostert if Bria goes out? Is there a scenario where if, if Connor's out again that you would start Snell? Maybe not that this week, the next week. Or worse, can someone else pick him up? You have to kind of block somebody else. So this is the time in the year where you play waiver wire almost like on defense if you have fab left or if you have waivers, however it works in your league. But Benny Snell, yes. Benny Snell already to me is the best of the three. And to me, he's looked pretty good so far. I, I was pleasantly surprised with Scarborough and I was pleasantly surprised with Snell when I got to watch those games the last couple weeks. Yeah, Snell will be better than Scarborough in the pros. Um, Scarborough's gonna, run very tough, though. Like he's and they get they might get Stafford back this week, and that might really be interesting. Yeah, I'm just for the future. I mean, I'm looking at the future. Um, oh, you know, sure. Again, I don't think that I. I mean, Scarborough is going to be. You know, he reminds me of a little bit. Uh, Foreman. Remember what the uh, Deonta Foreman on Texas? No, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, like, he seems like a more of a throwback guy, bigger, strong guy. You know, he's not catching the football at all, but he's, he's going out there and he's running guys over. And he also, I don't know if you, you know, you probably caught this too. He had, he's had some runs called back in the last couple of weeks too, because of holding penalty, things like that, where he might've had bigger yards or bigger games and people might be paying more attention to him, but he's had some called back for, you know, small holding penalties and stuff like that. So in the short span here, where we're just trying to piece together a championship. He's sure. another guy too. He's looked pretty good. All right. At wide receiver on the waiver wire, is there a single wide receiver this week that could be on the waiver wire that you would start? That that's really Pascal the potentially he's the only one for me. Yeah, he's it, the only one for me because of the matchup against Tampa. Although at this point, I don't feel great about it. He did have a very heavy workload last week. That's good to see. We don't have clarity on T.Y. Hilton left uh, right now. So that's kind of uh, a tough scenario. But I don't think Curtis Samuel is on the waiver wire. No, but no, you know, no, because some people get frustrated and they just drop guys. You know, oh, he's still your mind though this year. Yeah, he's uh, Anthony lot. Miller. Is he on the waiver wire? Maybe after a big game? I don't maybe, know. Maybe. That's another name. Auden Tate, if somebody dropped him, this is a good week set up for him because with Dalton back, he was a he had a very good... Is AJ Green um, out again? Did they say anything about him? Oh, yeah, he's not playing this week. Uh, But Auden Tate is. Yeah, oh, you got to cut him. Auden Tate is, and I think Auden Tate is a nice, you know, five catches for 60 yards, 11 points for you. And I think, you know, that's a guy that's a safer floor, I think, than some other guys, and it's a good matchup for him against Cleveland. Any tight ends? that you would pick up and start this week. Hollister is the target monster on Seattle. He's just got to make the most of those targets, right? Yeah. Well, he's, he's probably owned in most leagues by now. I don't, I don't care what some of these numbers say there's that, you know, I think this is a composite, which takes into account, you know, 18 leagues too. Uh, but <clears throat> Noah Fant at Houston is intriguing. Uh, outside of that, I think you've missed your window. If you didn't pick up Darren Fells, if you didn't pick up, uh, Hollister, if you didn't pick up Ryan Griffin, if you didn't pick up those guys, those are the dudes. I, I would pick up Austin Hooper if someone dropped him just because there's a chance he might play in the next two weeks. And that's a guy that I would play over almost 90% of all the other tight ends in the NFL in fantasy. So keep that in mind. The other trend is, I know this is going to sound crazy, man, but the trend is going upward for OJ Howard lately. Yeah, and it's frustrating the hell out of everybody, but you got to pay attention to it. And if you're desperate at tight end, like right now, you might be desperate at tight end, and Vance McDonald has the matchup of all matchups because Arizona does not recognize that tight ends exist in the NFL. They don't understand that that's a position, and guys are catching the football there. And Vance McDonald, although he has not been great this year, he has a matchup that could be a good stream this week. That would be the last guy. Maybe Caden Smith, too, against Philadelphia. Right. All right, you want to hear my lineup in the Phillies League this week? Round yeah, one? let's we're do the, it. We're, we're the two seed. Um, Brady, you tell me if you'd sub anyone great, out here. Great situation for Brady. Yeah, I got to start Brady. Love Brady this week. Brady McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Carson. Yeah. Allen Robinson. Terrific. Cole Beasley. Yeah. Andrews. 
Great. Okay, flex is Diggs. Excellent. Perfect Def- flex. Defense is Saints. We have another choice. And kicker is Butker, who we're definitely starting. I don't know why everyone's office. I've gotten more tweets the last 24 hours about, I don't like the Saints defense this week. And I'm thinking, why? Because the prolific 49ers offense on the road? they run a lot and there's not opportunity for the pick sixes, I guess. like that. Oh, I, that could really? Because Jimmy Garoppolo was a turnover machine for the first five, know, six games of the year. Lately. They've been running he around. hasn't been because they've scaled him back. But All do right, you really so think they're not going to be playing from behind in this one? Because I do. Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I it's do. The it's the NFL. Um, okay, so the uh, options for, for uh, getting Beasley out of there or Diggs, basically. Here they are. David Montgomery. Nope. <laughs> Madison. Nope. We're holding Bonifin just in case. It's PPR. God, you're you're gonna hold Bonifin till you <laughs> till you pass out. There's gonna well, be Craig Mish on his tombstone. On his tombstone, to the Craig Mish, loving father, lover of baseball, it's all true. things gambling, Winston, and then uh, underneath, still holding Bonifin. <laughs> you never. You'll be laughing next week if something happens. Uh, Winston, uh, AJ Green, Texans defense, and Pascal. Texans defense is intriguing. That's the one. And we're going to talk about it when we get to the DFS section of the show. Texans defense is intriguing because of the rookie quarterback on the road making exactly. his first start. Yeah, That's a really exactly. tough look. That is one of the few that I would swap out the Saints for because I think the Saints at home will show up. The Saints show up in the weirdest times defensively. They show up and you're like, oh, man, this is a tough matchup. And then, boom, there they are. Like against Seattle on the road. And you go, wow, that's great. And then they just completely crap the bed against other teams where you're looking at why the hell they give up 30 points to that team. They'll be ready. They uh, believe me. The Saints understand the gravity of this game here. This is about seeding. This is about them being the one seed. This is a huge moment for them at home in their own building. I think they're going to handle the 49ers. And I'll tell you what, too, that'll be back-to-back losses potentially for the 49ers. I wonder if there's enough uh, trampolines for everybody to jump off that bandwagon and just kind of like lance awfully. All right. Put all the right, mats Joe. out. Let's slow down yeah. a little bit. Huh? You, don't, huh? you, don't, you don't know how the game's going to play out. We'll see. Um, but you certainly could put your, uh, your mouth out there. Oh, all yeah. Right. Coming up next, we'll uh, dive into some DFS options for the week, uh, paying down at running backs, some mid-range quarterbacks, all that coming up next on the way. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe with you as those of you who are getting ready for the Fantasy Football Weekend. Choices have to be made by tomorrow in some leagues where you incorporate the Thursday game. But for most of you, of course, it's just Sunday. And so last week, DFS was clearly upside down. And as a matter of fact, it, it tells you everything. in The fact that I actually won money in a uh, in a tournament <clears throat> yep, playing in my league. And I'm in second to last out of 85 people. Right. I forgot to set my lineup Thursday. So that meant Brian Hill was stuck in there. <laughs> and and and. And I still was able to take the top spot overall in terms of points like that is just mind boggling. And by the way, second year in a row that this has happened where I've been 
near the bottom, but have have won money and paid for the league. So I'm not the guy to ask here on this. That's uh, that's what I'm trying to say. I am not the guy to ask in terms of that. Maybe I could pick a gem out for you here and there, but constructing the lineup, we'll leave that to you, Joe. So what is the approach this week for those of uh, people who are now out of their season-long league and are going to jump into the last few weeks of DFS? Well, look, this is a time where you get a lot of fresh money on DFS, too. I kind of mentioned that last week where you start to get people coming in from Thanksgiving games and all that. And, uh, you know, people are starting to fall out of their home leagues and now's the time where there's a lot of people just throwing money into tournaments and throwing money in, and it's great. It's a great time to really go and attack it hard if you know what you're doing. And uh, I do host the Line Star DFS show every week. I've been doing that for baseball and football for the last two years. And this week is a very particular week in terms of we always like to go and get our best bang for the buck at the position. Uh, stacking can be overrated sometimes because that basically means you're in for an all-or-nothing day, whether it be in cash or in GPP. Potentially, and some people like to do it too much. Some people don't do it enough. You take your shots with those kind of things. But generally speaking, uh, there's a lot of good value starting at the quarterback position uh, in that mid range. Now, Lamar Jackson's the best value on the board, despite the fact that he's 9K over on FanDuel. And that's because he's been just so good in terms of running the football and getting you those extra points. So to go up to him this week is kind of tricky on FanDuel. You can do it in cash games, I would not do it in tournaments. Not even to be different. Whereas last week, going up until the weather, I was very much for going with Lamar Jackson because I thought the ownership would be very low in tournaments. And if he did have a transcendent game, he could take you above. Now, it was a good game, not great because of the weather. So that became right. a bit of a fade. But there's a mid-range here in the 7K group. Tom Brady at home. He's coming off one of his better games of the season. Yes, it all came towards the end. But you know what? I think Tom Brady finally said, screw it. Enough of this. I'm going to start being aggressive. And you know what? They started scoring points. So he's got a great scenario at home against the Chiefs at 77. That is a great look for him. Ryan Tannehill also has been outstanding lately. An incredibly good value at 7,300 and Deshaun Watson at 77. Those are three quarterbacks on FanDuel I prefer the most. You can interchange them back and forth. You can play different lineups. But I think those three have the best return on investment potential. And typically speaking, if you stay in that $7,600 range or so for a quarterback, you're going to get a good return. That's what you're looking for. When you go over to the running backs here, before, normally before I like we, to, before we go oh, to sure. running back. Let sure. me ask you about Watson at quarterback. Um, are you at all? And I'm just asking, you know, this is not indicting. Are you at all concerned that because of the game flow with uh, Denver, with their refusal to throw the ball and they and they and now with Locke, they're doing the same thing they did with Flacco and they're doing the same thing with Allen. And I watched their games, a few of them, very closely because of the betting aspect. So last week, especially in the first half in particular against the Chargers, that they take the ball down, Joe, all the way to one, you know, on every single play and then hand it off. Like, so is there a concern that 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 Watson won't even have the volume because of the way that Denver hogs the ball? So in Denver, I would be I would be very concerned with that. Outside of Denver, I'm not. And I do believe Locke's going to struggle here in this game. So when you're playing DFS, you have to kind of come up with, in your mind, a narrative that makes sense along with the projection. Like, okay, he's projected at X, says the computer. Okay, well, what's the narrative that gets there? What's the narrative that gets Deshaun Watson to 20 points right. or 21? And I think the the scenario is, in the second half of this game, <clears throat> that, that the defense of, of the Denver Broncos is just a little gassed because they can't keep up with the fact that they're on the field too much. And that's, that's the thing I'm looking for. And I don't think they have anybody that matches up with Hopkins on this team. I look at the last four games, they've given up 18 points to opposing quarterbacks over the last four games. 
And the fact that this one is in their building where Watson's played quite well this year, I think that's a lock. Now, <clears throat> I think Watson, because of the fact that most people will look, a lot of people will look at it the way you are. They will step back and say, oh, you know, I love that. That makes it a better tournament play because if he does go up completely off, the ownership will be a little lower. Whereas Tom Brady is a much better cash play because I think, you know, exactly. They're going to throw the ball, throw the ball, James White. This is what they're going to do. They're going to be in, you know, in a fight here with the Kansas City Chiefs, most likely. And Tom Brady is looking like he's just had it with everybody and he's just going to throw the damn football. Uh, Tannehill becomes that other guy if you just want to differentiate and just save a little cash, who I think is a very safe floor. A lot of people like Winston this week, too, against the Colts. I just want to be a little careful of that one. And I'm also careful of Matt Ryan against Carolina this week because whenever teams change a coach, you just don't know how that's going to affect things. I don't care for the unknown. So that kind of threw a wrinkle into Matt Ryan this week. Now, on the running back side, I tend to like to go get one of these guys that's more of the upper tier. This week, Dalvin Cook's very expensive, has the injury. That's kind of tricky. So I think this week you can make a lot of case for some of the mid-tier guys. Again, Melvin Gordon has a great matchup here against Jacksonville, ranked 28th against the run. They've uh, ranked 30th over the last nine games, giving up 120 rush yards per game. That's a really good scenario there for him. And in FanDuel, is that half PPR. So guys like James White become very useful. Um, I think Darius Geis is a great play too. Geis is a guy that looks like, from last week, very physical, ready to get in there, ready to mix it up, can catch the football. And you can see the confidence growing. You can see the confidence in him growing from that first game back where he looked good on two plays to the second game back where he looked good the entire game. And now he's got a spot where they're going on the road where they're going to have to rely once again very heavily on those running backs with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback. So for me, he's another guy that I would throw in that mix. So uh, do you have any concerns with Geis or or James White? Because I, I love James White in this game personally. I think this is a another game for him because he's got five red zone targets in the last three games. I'm looking for him to really continue to, you know, keep that pace basically. Yeah, I mean it it seems reasonable. It seems reasonable on uh on on both ends. Um you know, they are incorporating Adrian Peterson a lot and the script last week really favored Geis because they kept the game close. Uh I I am assuming that you feel that Washington will be able to keep the game close against Green Bay to play Geis. Well, here's the thing. They've they've kept lately they've kept game closer than people realize. And, oh, I know they have, but you yeah. have to assume. I think you have to assume that in this because, to me, uh, Joe, if Washington is down, and I'm not saying that they will be. I mean, the Redskins mm-hmm. are also a clock eater. But if Washington is down, per se, 21-3 at the half, then Chris Thompson is just in, and that's the end of it. You know, That, see, that could factor in. I understand that, but I feel like they see Geis potentially being that better all-purpose back, where I actually think Geis actually fits in that scenario as well. Okay. I, he can catch the football. And he can certainly do a lot more after the catch than Chris Thompson can. And opposing opposing running backs this year have given up twenty the fantasy points allowed by the Green Bay Packers to running backs twenty four point eight. That's a pretty strong number there. That's a that's a high number for fantasy points for a yeah. running back. So they have struggled a bit. Uh, now wide receiver to me, this is where you want to put your money this week because McCaffrey's all the way up in the eleven K range, and that's almost on you know completely not doable. There's a range here of guys. Jarvis Landry at 7.2. Devontae Parker at 7.2. DJ Moore at 7.1. Julian Edelman at 7.6. Rather than go up to the Michael Thomases this week, which I've been a Michael Thomas owner every single week almost, been winning every single week with him. I don't care what happened last week. He's still the best receiver on the planet right now. But 
there is a volume going to these guys like Edelman, like Jarvis Landry, like um, DJ Moore that we have not seen so steady in such a long time. And they're all under 8K. And you can basically put all of them in a lineup together if you are willing to get to that mid-range quarterback and get to that mid-range running back scenario where I think there's a lot to like. So I'm playing for the upside of touchdown, but I'm playing for the volume here on FanDuel. I want those half PPR points. And I think all these guys have touchdown upside. And we've seen that recently. I mean, Julian Edelman's been targeted 10 times in the last three games. Uh, We talked about Jarvis Landry being another guy who's gotten a ton of touchdowns lately. DJ Moore, check this out, Craig. Seven red zone targets in the last three games, Mm. nine targets in each of his last three. What you're trying to do in DFS is trying to put yourself in the best position to win, the best position to get volume. I know Daily Roto talks about it. Line Star talks about it. How much volume, how much opportunity can you get your players? These are the guys that are getting that, and I think considering the matchups they have, DJ Moore at Atlanta, uh, Julian Edelman in this very important game in New England against the Chiefs, there's going to be a whole lot of important stuff here going on, and these guys are going to be at the pinnacle of it. Yeah, especially for me, Parker and Moore. I mean, look, Parker was basically uncoverable last week. Um, you know, they do have a good safety in New York, so that could that could maybe be a little bit problematic for Parker. But the DJ Moore also, yeah. I mean, um, I just it's crazy to think that Landry is just so sustainable with what he's doing. I guess it's hard to argue that he isn't because he is every week he does it. So, um, I would say, um, well, he's yeah, got seven like, targets like in his last seven or more targets in his last three games. And opposing wide receivers are averaging 26.7 fantasy points against the Bengals. It seems, seems right to me. <laughs> seems right to me. How can I argue that? It's hard to argue that. I mean, it's it's just right there. And they haven't played each other this year, which is interesting because they kind of play each other played twice. twice. Yeah. yeah, kind of almost back-to-back, kind of a weird schedule there. And then, of course, you get the tight end, which is typically a wasteland. So what are you going to do? I will pay up at tight end this week. And I'll pay up for that. Again, he's not the upper, upper tier with the Kelsey's end of the world and Kittle. Kind of is. <laughs> he is in talent and in volume. But in terms of price, he's still not. And that's Mark Andrews at 66. I think he is the best return on investment at tight end at that position this week for FanDuel. And then at defense, you can make some different, obviously some different choices there. But to me, it's Kyle Rudolph at 48 if you want to pay down. And if you don't want to pay down for Kyle Rudolph, then I think that perfect mid-range where I feel like you know what you're going to get is Mark Andrews. And more to the point, I believe the only way the, the you're going to attack the Bills properly is to do it over the middle. Don't challenge the cornerbacks. Challenge the linebackers. And that's where Mark Andrews really comes into play as opposed to the guys like Snead and Hollywood Brown. All right, give me uh, real quick, about a minute to go here. Um, flex, I guess, we're looking at. And defense, you're going with the Ravens. Yeah, for me, flex, I'm going to go with another one of these wide receivers. So it's either the Parkers, the Edelmans. I'm going with the volume of those guys. Now, typically on FanDuel, I would go the other way with a running back. But because the running back situation on FanDuel in terms of pricing and in terms of matchups, there's not a it's very it's a vast difference there. So you either have to go pay through the nose and do stars and scrubs with Cook, who's injured or McCaffrey. It's not a good scenario there, or you can even go down a little bit to the guys like Melvin Gordon. I think he's a really nice flex this week. If you want to pay down a little bit more, uh, you could potentially get Austin Eckler in there as well. Maybe a, a Devin Singletary, but again, that's a tough matchup against Baltimore. So for me, I'd rather go with those wide receivers because at this time of the year, offenses are being more aggressive. Defenses have had a lot of injuries and you're seeing things start to open up a little bit. And that's why you've seen some of these big scores. And these are some huge games coming up here, too. So it's going to be some hotly contested uh, spots there. And I'll tell you what, even Derrick Henry, who I've loved, he's been a 7.5K guy. He's at 91. 
this week. So Derrick Henry's almost priced out as well. All right. So if you're playing on FanDuel this week, those are some good options for you, especially going into the weekend. On tomorrow's show, John Lobb will join us and we'll be back with a college football preview, our final one of the year until we get to the bowl season. So John will join us, break down the SEC, ACC, Big Ten championships. Also, of course, the pack on uh, Friday night. So a lot to get to in terms of college tomorrow. We've got the best of the first hour coming up next in hour two. We're going to take a look at either or with fantasy football playoff matchups. Also mix in a little bit of baseball, some free agency, and take a look at some options also on DraftKings from a DFS perspective as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY Radio along with Joe Pizzapia. I am Craig Mish. Don't go away. We'll be back in just two minutes with a quick recap of our first hour and then our second hour of Fantasy Sports Today until we turn it over at 2 o'clock Eastern as Dr. Roto and full-time fantasy take over at that point. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. The fantasy relevance of this, I think, is significant for next year because I'm wondering who they're going to end up bringing in if they just want to change things um, philosophically. But um, I guess a little bit of a surprise to do this before the season ends, but I'm not totally shocked. Uh, all good things must come to an end. Rivera had a very good tenure. Yeah, he did. And and Ron Rivera will have a job, not a coordinator job, but a head coach job, in my opinion, directly after the season's over. And I was actually looking through the vacancies, potentially. There's not as many vacancies unless we get some shockers, like a Dallas Cowboys kind of big one that drops in there. It's kind of the usual suspects. It's, you know, the Redskins are looking for a coach. The Browns are looking for a coach. The Bengals could maybe one and done with Taylor. We'll see what happens there. But I think Ron Rivera's done a pretty good job here. The Panthers have been a very relevant team for quite a while. Uh, Ron Rivera is a good football coach, in my opinion. Ron Rivera is a guy that took a team to the Super Bowl. And Ron Rivera was, for a while, managing, I think, one of the most difficult people, let alone quarterbacks, to manage in the NFL and Cam Newton. And he did all those things. And Cam Newton got hurt this year, and the team has not performed well. And, you know, I think it's also one of those situations where he's been there for, what, seven years? Maybe just maybe it was time for a change, and I get that. That that definitely happens sometimes. Sometimes the voice starts to become one that falls on deaf ears, and I understand that. I don't always agree with that. I don't think they're going to upgrade from Ron Rivera as a coach, but what they will do is change some ways and some things that are going on there. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio. 